As we gathered together earlier this week for our Ash Wednesday service, we acknowledged the brokenness that surrounds us. We acknowledged the brokenness of the world. We acknowledged our own brokenness. Life is beautiful, but fragile, easily broken. As we sit here, there are people who are silently suffering, standing in brokenness. We have spent time in prayer for the brokenness that we see playing out on the world stage in the form of unprovoked acts of war. These world stage signs of humanity's brokenness weigh on us. But you don't have to be experiencing world war size experiences to know brokenness. We meet people every day, whether we know it or not, who are experiencing heartbreaking brokenness. Our community has seen it in recent weeks with the tragic passing of both a middle school and a high school student. The families, friends, teachers, neighbors, and community stand in mourning over the loss of young life. People everywhere, every day, have experiences that leave them broken. Maybe it is the dream of having a family that dies at the news of infertility. Maybe it is a widow or a widower who sits alone at night. Maybe it is someone who never planned on spending their lives as a single person, but that is what their circumstance has been. Maybe it is a marriage that did not turn out the way that you had thought. Maybe it is a phone call that is never received. Maybe it is an absent parent leaving a child searching the crowd for a face that they will not find. Maybe it's illness. Maybe it's aging. Maybe it's not having the opportunity to age. Brokenness is everywhere in this beautiful and fragile world that we live in. And there are times, understandably, that it overwhelms us. It overwhelms us when we focus on it. And it's so easy to focus on all that is wrong. Our scripture lesson today reminds us that the first step in understanding how we can thrive amidst the brokenness is to keep our eyes on Jesus, proclaiming Jesus the master of all things. In this broken world, scripture says, we are called to share the message of Jesus. And we share that message through our own brokenness. We suffer brokenness, but because of Jesus, we do not remain broken. There's a Japanese method of mending broken things. You may have seen it, and there's a kind of hard-to-see picture of it in your bulletin. It's called kintsugi, which I have probably pronounced wrong. Kintsugi is the art of embracing damage. Hear that sentence, because I think that's beautiful. The art of embracing damage. In the Japanese culture, when something is broken, they mend it with a special lacquer, gluing the pieces back together and filling in any large gaps. And once that lacquer has cured, the lacquer master, as they are called, paints over it with gold. So the breaks and the cracks in the original piece become a celebrated and a beautiful part of what is made new. 
The Japanese have learned how to adapt and to embrace the damage done by life and make it beautifully broken. Friends, that is what Jesus has done for us. Jesus saw humanity's brokenness and he came as our master to embrace damage and to help us become beautifully broken. In the story of Jesus' life, of his death and his resurrection, God, like the Japanese lacquer master, works with the broken pieces. God works through what is broken to create something new. Not restored, but made new. Jesus lived a life of perfection in the midst of a broken world. Jesus died in the midst of his own broken creation at the cry of his own broken creation. Crucify him. But Jesus was also raised from the dead. Jesus overcame brokenness and suffering. And as Jesus was dying, so was the cost of the sin that we live in and under. And as Jesus was raised, so was our hope in our salvation. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus that we celebrate on Easter, we get to participate in this new life. Our cracks are repaired, our gaps are filled in, our lives are remade. Beautiful. We are made whole again. Beautiful because of the work of the master who seals us together God does not let our brokenness define us. Scripture says we will not be forsaken. We will not be destroyed. We will not be forgotten. We will not be left broken. We will not be left with jagged edges. We will be made whole again. Beautiful because of the work of God in our lives. We hurt people with our jagged edges. Hurt people hurt people. And so let God work in your life that those jagged, ragged edges may be smoothed and stitched back together, held together by the golden seams of the divine. And once that happens for you, once that process of restoration happens, we are called to be messengers so that we can show others how God has worked in our lives and that like we talked about on Ash Wednesday, it doesn't have to be this way. It can be different. We don't have to settle for this. In spite of the fact that we have been broken, in spite of the fact that we have suffered loss and disappointment and hurts and hang-ups and worries and stress and strain, we are still good. We can be beautiful because we are still God's. The gold seams in our lives are evidence of God's presence, God's grace. You might think that you're too broken. You're not. The more broken you are, the more gold you get. Think of it that way. The more broken you are, the more work God gets to do. And the more that you get to show people that extreme brokenness is not too much for our God, that God takes what almost destroys us and that brokenness is used to define the God within us. We carry the precious 
message of Jesus around in our broken vessels. That's what scripture says when it talks about clay vessels. They were fragile. People get to experience the joy of Christ when they see that, yes, we've been broken, but we are not destroyed. We have been made whole again, and beauty has been added to the broken pieces. During Lent, we are invited into a time to acknowledge the brokenness. What brokenness is within you? What hurts? Where do you need to be held together and God's gold poured in? Quietly consider these things as I read from Psalm 51. Hear yourself speaking to God and let God speak to you. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. Sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You have no delight in sacrifice. The sacrifice acceptable to you is a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Did you see the, the switch there? Work in me, O God. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a right spirit, a new spirit. And then I will teach others of your ways. Sinners will return to you. Deliver me and I will sing aloud of your deliverance. On Ash Wednesday, you were challenged. Those of you that were here know what I'm talking about. Those of you who weren't here are about to know. We filled out these cards that called us to acts of holy mischief. This is our way of saying we have been mended and made better, made more beautiful, and now we will tell others. And so we filled out these cards that said, this Lent, I commit to stir up good trouble by doing something. Typically at Lent, we give something up. I say, as your primary act of worship this year, you add something to the world has had a lot of giving up lately. Let's add something too. Do you hear people talk about the world right now? Do you hear people talk about, they've lost hope. They say, oh, it's, it's bad out there. It's a mess. It is a mess. It's broken. But where do we shine the best? We shine in dark places. God calls us to be a light in a dark world, to be a city on a hill. We can't do that by gathering all together and then not talking about it out in the brokenness. We don't do that by, by just talking about the things that we do within our church. We do it by going out there into the messy world. Now that you don't have masks on your face all the time, smile at people. People have forgotten how to interact a little bit. 
I didn't recognize A.J. Lindhurst on Wednesday. I thought he was Carter. I haven't seen his face for two years. Smile at people. Hold open doors. Let people, have you driven in Tiffin lately? Good night. It is like bumper cars out there. Let people in in traffic. Give people grace. Don't yell at them. Be a light. Be a light shining. Let others see the gold in us because the gold is not us. The gold is our brokenness where God shines through. So commit acts of holy mischief. One of my oldest congregation members in Republic picked up litter yesterday. As an act of holy mischief, she walked to the post office and all the way there and all the way back, she took two different routes and she picked up litter as an act of holy mischief. You committed to pray for people on these cards. Pray for people. Text someone and tell them how important they are to you. We have lost, in the past two years, we have lost connection with people. Text someone and just say, hey, I'm really glad you're part of my life. I love you. I texted my brother. I loved him. To God be the glory. Just do simple things, simple acts of kindness. One of our folks from Union Salem shared a picture with Pastor Amy and I. She found a crocheted butterfly on her porch. And it had a little card, and it said, I'm not lost. I'm looking for you. It was a random act of crochet goodness. Who knew that was even a thing? It is. Look it up on Facebook. It's a whole thing. And she was so touched because she just lost her dad. And she took it as a whisper from the heavens that said, I'm not lost. I'm looking for you. Stir up good trouble. It doesn't have to be this way. It begins with us. Do something in your circle of influence. Pick someone and pray for them. Don't tell them. Just watch. Just watch what God does. Amen? Amen. Church, let's remember the sacrifice of Jesus. After